Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the podcast. This is Laval Maradian, and welcome to Lost in Hollywood. Well, this is episode one. Hopefully, there'll be many more episodes to come. But um, I just wanted to start this podcast in regards to, you know, I just wanted to talk about my experiences through the entertainment industry or the fashion industry. You know, I'm a photographer. I'm a videographer. I am also a cinematographer. I've I've done a little bit of everything, to be honest with you. And... Um, People are always saying, you know what, you should definitely start a podcast to be able to talk about these things and just all different types of topics. One thing you got to know about me and what you're going to expect from this show, we're going to have different types of guests from all walks of life, you know, from photographers to hopefully models as well. Well, most likely models as well. And a few of my friends who are not in that industry just to give their perspective on different types of you know, life experiences and things of that nature. And I've been doing this for almost um, almost ten years. I started off going by. F- I started off going to uh, film school here in Los Angeles. Now it's this film school doesn't even exist because they screwed all the kids out of um, you know tuition and made them sign up to federal loans and other messed up things as well. And um, that school is the Art Institute of L.A., California, or the Art Institute in general, which was throughout the United States at the time. Not as much as before, but it was um, it was an interesting learning experience for sure. And um, it was a kind of, um, you know what, I'll be honest with you. I learned the basics of video editing and how to turn on a camera and just the basics. We went to that school and it was all messed up. It was actually really fucked up. Um, they were using VHS cameras still, even though we were already in the digital age. I'm talking about in the early early 2000s, most likely. And um, I graduated, yes. And um, to be honest, I, the most of the, mostly everything that I ever learned about this industry, about you know the technical side of it, I learned it on set. Um, it just so happens that. Um, during film school, I kind of linked up with a few friends. Well, at that time, they were friends. Now they're more like acquaintances. And um, we were lucky enough to put together, you know, put together a crew of, you know, running gun style videographers, photographers, and quote unquote directors or whatever you want to call us. We were no one, to be honest with you. We were nobody. And we just just so happened to, you know, uh, work with uh, some well-known artists. The first artist that we ever worked with, he used to be, um, well, I'm sure he's still a rapper. His name was Ya Boy. And um, I was called on scent by another guy. His name was Arthur. And um, pretty much I met up with a few of the people that I ended up working with for almost three years straight from um, shooting behind-the-scenes videos to um, shooting cars, uh, through from, uh, you know, cars for, you know, like high end luxury vehicles for a brand out here that is very, very well known. I'm not going to name drop anybody on this podcast because that's not, um, what this podcast is about. It's not about me, uh, airing out my grievances with people, but I'm sure it'll, it'll come out gradually or whatever, not in regards to this topic, but other things, because, um, I'm very straightforward. I don't, you know, I don't 
bullshit around. I don't fuck around. You know, I'm very straightforward in that aspect. That's what that's how I was raised. I was raised to be very straight in in regards to, you know, if you want to say something, say it. Don't be, you know, pussyfooting around and just trying to like, you know, play politics. Sometimes politics do come in play depending on the situation, but a lot of the time politics are a bitch, especially in in this industry. And um this industry is kind of really fucked up. You know, before we're like, oh my God, I want to be in the entertainment industry. I want to be in, I want to be a director. I want to be a videographer. I want to be a photographer. And then once you get into this business, you really see what it is and it's not what you actually thought it was. And that's, you know, it's, it's kind of messed up. You would assume that, you know, you know, we understand it's a, it's a cutthroat business. It's a very cutthroat business where you will sacrifice a lot of your time a lot of your own money, you'll never get anywhere. And then, you know, just through networking, you'll get to different places, but you have to put in at least two to three years of pretty much free work, lots of lots of free work. And, you know, there was days that I wanted to quit doing it. You know, I I mean, I was extremely passionate about it, but I, I stuck to it as much as I can. Because I actually cared about it. I wanted to create the art. See, a lot of people get get it messed up. People think, you know, you want to get into Hollywood. And, you know, well, a lot of people want to get into that type of business. And to be, you know, to be famous or whatever, what, what have you. I just wanted the work to be famous. I didn't really care about being in front of the camera as much as everybody else does, everybody else does now, you know. Everybody's all about, you know, their their all their selfish needs and all the things that people can do for them and uh, things of that nature. Have I made it in this industry? Um, maybe an inch. You know, you take, this is how I look at it in this industry. You take two steps forward, but then again, sometimes you take three steps back and that's the messed up. And then you always have to evolve in this industry. That's one thing that you have to do. You would have, you have to evolve with the things that are trending, not trending. I was lucky to be able to shoot um, very well-known people, like you know, uh, I don't, I'm not I'm not trying to be uh, come here to name drop anyone, but Tyga, the rapper, um, Little Wayne, uh, who else? Chris Brown, and you know, I would spend a lot of my time. I would shoot it, obviously not by myself, at, with a crew as a production crew with my own camera. That's how we started. We had nothing, and I just wanted to thank my parents. They went out of their way to give me alone that I, I'm, you know, they told me, you know, Armenians is like alone, but in reality, they never want to pay you back. They just want to help you out. That's one thing about Armenians that, that's, uh, they're very family oriented and they support it. You know, your family will support you. And, um, it was, it was hard. So I shot, we shot all these people after the shoot, I'd go home and edit video um, from like, I don't know, 1am to like four or five o'clock in the morning just to have it done for the coming week because it was going to, you know, we were so excited because we were so green. We didn't know any, any, we didn't know any better. We didn't know any better. We were just there, you know, and then, uh, you know, gradually when you start making a name for yourself, not just you and, and the other people around you and your other, um, you know, collaborators, you know, they start, you know, start forgetting about you, stop calling you because they they no longer need you and that you know that could be hurtful and and it it can make you resent this business even the people you think are your 
closest friends, your best friend, as if he can get an inch on you, he's going to, he's going to take a mile. Let's just put it that way. They give you, you know, you take an inch, you get a mile. And for a while I was kind of lost in this business, hence lost in Hollywood back here. If, I mean, this is a video podcast as well. So if you go on the YouTube, which is lost in Hollywood, you can find what I'm referring to behind me is some of my work that I wanted to put up. And you know, it, this work inspires me. These, all these girls behind me, they inspired me to be able to create what I wanted. They trusted me. I, I was never that type of photographer just to take advantage of, you know, a model or any, anything in that nature. You could go ask around town, ask any modeling agency, ask them who I am and what I'm about. And they'll tell you, I'm a gentleman of all gentlemen because I don't, I did I never needed the, um, I never needed to be able to, I, I don't know, like take advantage of women to get my point across visually. Some people do, some artists still do. And a lot of them, you know, they're right now they're banned. They're banned from uh, Instagram and uh, so many other modeling agencies and other magazines as well. But um, they inspired me to create, you know, they say you create the thing that you fear the most. I don't fear women. It was just always hard to talk to them, you know, like in my own personal life. So almost this could be my own writings, but visually. And um, I'm very proud, proud of the work that I've done. And as time had gone by, you know, um, I kind of, I mean, I still love doing it, but the passion of doing this work kind of died gradually because, you know, you feel like you're moving forward, but you never get anywhere sometimes. You know, I mentioned that a, little, a few, um, I mentioned that a little while ago. And you, as I said, you'll do a lot of test shoots, a lot of free shoots, uh, just because, you know, the model is kind of well known or whatever. And it was, it's still fun. You know, here I, I do it here and there, but, you know, now I'm in more of a, a different mindset. I, you know, I'm going to be getting married soon and I have to think about another person, not just me, you know, um, before I would be very, very much more selfish as a person. But when you start, you know, caring about someone else besides you, I'm not talking about your family. I'm talking about more like a a significant other, someone you're going to marry. It could be a, a man, a woman, whatever, you know, whatever your preference, preference is, but that will change your thought process very quickly because, you know, you don't want to let people down. You know what? You, you don't want to let yourself down. And that that's why I always, you know, I kind of took the jobs that, you really don't want to do as much because you think you can't be as creative doing it. But believe me, you can. And it's, um, it's been very, very, um, um, hard transitioning, transitioning from fashion, creative art related photography, more editorial to more commercial stuff, which is a little bit more, mm, you know, so, uh, for it to be commercial and more corporate, it's a little bit harder. It's not harder. It's actually much easier, but it's just like, you know, how you, um, you're so used to doing something a certain, a certain way and, uh, it changes. That's what it is. The change, the transition from 
point A to point B was much tougher than I really thought. But now I've kind of figured out the groove on that end. But I, I, this podcast is definitely not about me just talking about my work. I wanted to talk about so many different things, um, and w- which we will. And um, first things first, I wanted to talk about, you know, what the, what the hell's going on in this world. I want to say what the fuck, because what the fuck is going on in this world, man? Whatever happened to be just, you know, people are so sensitive nowadays in regards to be when you're blunt and you're honest. And, you know, uh, because everybody's been everybody's been coddled so much nowadays, the new generation that's coming up. And um, if you say one thing, they get all sensitive and they think that you are, you know, harassing them or you're doing. No, I'm not. Nobody's fucking harassing you in any which way. Believe me, nobody's harassing you. It's just you got to, you know. You got to get through the tough times. Not everything, you know, everybody tells you is not going to be sunshine and fucking rainbows. You know, you're going to, you got to have tough skin, especially in Los Angeles. Los Angeles used to be a place where you had to have tough skin. And, you know, you now if you say one thing to someone, they'll cancel you. You're canceled. Everyone is canceled nowadays. Make sure you cancel everybody. Um, Even though it could be a joke, it could be that because people are so fucking sensitive nowadays. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's and you know now and when you say you want to be in the you know oh I'm in the entertainment industry or I work in Hollywood or you know something in that genre, you're kind of you know you get fucking embarrassed by even saying that now because they're like oh Hollywood because Hollywood is fucked up and it's weird and it's you know. The politics that, you know, uh, play in Hollywood are not great. You have to you have to really go out of your way to be, you know, fake woke. Oh, you know, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. You know, oh, you know, you actually people don't care. They just act like they care about certain topics. So it's just, you know, so they can they can, you know, get ahead. And that's all it is. That's all I want. That's all people want to do here in Los Angeles. They want to get ahead. It's a hard, it's, listen, surviving in Los Angeles is hard because everything is fucking expensive. Even the housing market here is crazy. The interest rates went down, yes. But the housing market, when I'm, shitholes are going for almost a million dollars. Shitholes. Places that you wouldn't even look twice. But what? Oh, oh, we could buy it and make it, you know, flip this house or whatever the fuck. How are you going to flip this motherfucker? This motherfucker needs to be demolished pretty much. And then you're going to spend another four or $500,000 on that fucking house to, um, you know, it's just weird, man. It's just weird. People have gotten weirder. And, you know, now with social media out everywhere, you, everybody wants to take a fucking picture somewhere. Everybody, everybody wants to, uh, take pictures of their fucking food and everybody wants to go to the it places like catch LA catch LA is disgusting. It's disgusting. Why? You want to go hit that little fucking moose cake with the, that says catch it late or fucking hit me or whatever the fuck just because Bella Hadid or some dumb other fucking girl decided to do that? No, that's not it. I would rather go to like, you know, a taco truck, a roach coach, a fucking burger joint, whatever. I mean, I, I believe me, I love a really nice restaurant where the food is fire, but I'm not going to go somewhere just because it's hyped up on Instagram or on social media or or what have you. And it's a fucking joke. A lot of the time it's a joke. And I don't know. Um, Let me just get a hang of doing these podcasts, guys. I hope, you know, whoever's listening out there, I really appreciate that you're here and you're, you know, engaged with me here. Um, I'm going to try to, you know, really open up here with you guys so you can really understand where I'm coming from. And I'm sure a lot of what I think 
you think as well. But um, going from there, look, look, man, look what's happening here. Look what's happening here in the United States of America. Let's start there and we're going to move down to um, Armenia, my motherland, where, well, let's start off with the United States of America. So we have a president-elect, Joe Biden, which makes no sense. So you are elected by the media to be our president of the United States. Very interesting. Technically, the you know, I don't want to talk about politics that deep just yet, but I've never seen any president say office, is a pre- office of the president-elect or what have you. Uh, it's very, very weird. And how our country is divided, it's sad and... Technically, the president of the United States is still Donald J. Trump. He's an interesting character for sure, but I don't know what's happening. The election is not done. And um, let's see what happens by January the 20th. Should be interesting for sure. This is pretty much a reality show. And people around the world are just looking at us and just shaking their heads and like, what the hell happened to the United States of America? This is embarrassing and this is extremely sad so i wanted to go from there to um armenia armenia for the past well the over 30 days was in a war with azerbaijan which is a neighboring country not really neighborly people they're full of brainwashed people who don't know any better so we were in a war with them they were claiming old lands that are on Armenian well they're well Azerbaijan is trying to claim that the land that Armenia well Gharabagh which is Artsakh that's what Armenians call Nagorno Gharabagh anyway they say that um these lands are theirs and um mind you these lands go back over 1800 past that BC and how is that possible when Azerbaijan was founded in 1918? So we got into war and the prime minister of Armenia, not to lose any more of, you know, the, the military that we do have, signed a, a peace agreement with them, with Russia and Turkey. Well, we'll get more into that. Turkey is a very interesting character for the Armenians because they've always been one country or one whatever you want to call them um they're they're our arch enemies and and we have a right to be arch enemies with them um if you've ever heard of the armenian genocide of 1915 where 1.5 million maybe even more armenians were slaughtered murdered raped and made slaves um they perpetrated that first and now Azerbaijan, who is obviously allies with Turkey, are trying to, well, take lands that belong to us, whatever little land we have left, even though Turkey took a lot more of our land as time has gone by. And um, it's very, very sad what's happening. Our prime minister, signed, as I said, our prime minister of Armenia, Nikol Pashinyan, he signed a, a peace treaty with them. And also gave up a few parts of Gharabagh or Artsakh to um, Azerbaijan. 
just to save about 25,000 soldiers' lives because we were unmanned, undermanned, I should say. And um, how are you going to beat somebody who has who is being backed by a, someone like Turkey? If it was just Azerbaijan, we might have had a chance, but it just really, really, it hurts me, you know? It hurts a lot to see people losing their homes and Armenia just losing lands in that way. Apparently, Russian peacemakers are going to parts of uh, Artsakh where Armenia lost the battle in certain cities and little villages and stuff of that nature. And it's uh, that peace treaty or the peace treaty is only good for five years. Hopefully, we can settle or figure out how to build our military to be able to defend ourselves because nobody's coming for our aid. Obviously, nobody's going to come for your aid if you have nothing to offer them. If you have gold, gas, oil, I don't know, even a dock to do import-export, they might help you out. But nobody's coming to help. So guess what you have to do? You have to help yourself. But another problem with that is Armenians, the Armenian culture, most people... Well, all of us are extremely hurt that we had to lose these lands. And people were very, very hurt that Nikol Pashinyan agreed to this because Armenians would rather die than lose even more of their own land. Not only just the land, it feels like, you know, it's like ethnic cleansing. They're trying to get rid of us gradually, slowly. I mean, in 1915, they tried to get rid of us. They couldn't. And we just need to, you know support each other armenians armenians need to support each other because we're survivors man we have will we have willpower we have will. i mean we came to a different country my parents came to a different country i mean separately but with their own families they came and established um a way to take care of their families and you know have a livelihood here from this is a country that was you know not familiar with them it's a country that they're not familiar with and it's uh, very very hard to not familiarize well it's ve- well this is a country that you know they had to come and familiarize themselves with because you know you have so many different ethnicities here and it's a melting pot of so many races and cultures and food and what have you and when you come from armenia armenia is like a closed off society everybody majority of the people kind of in some which way know each other it's called like the six degrees of separation and um coming here and you know making it that way that takes a lot of will and a lot of tenacity and hustle pretty much armenians are hustlers especially you know they take care they're gonna try to find a way to take care of their family no matter what and i respect that very much so. But life is very interesting for Armenia right now because they want the Prime Minister, Nikol Pashinyan, to resign. Because they're like, how could you? How could you get rid of... How could you come to an agreement with these... Sorry to say, this video is not made... Uh, you know... Uh, I'm going to say this, assholes, pieces of garbage like Azerbaijan, who, 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 who the leader 
Aliyev is a moron, a dictator, an oligarch. And we had our own oligarchs that we, we got rid of a few years ago when the Armenia had the Velvet Revolution to stop corruption and to stop uh, money laundering. And that's why today, 30 years later from the first war with Azerbaijan, we won originally. And now they came 30, 30 years later to take lands back, quote unquote, which is theirs, which is not. And if somebody actually opens up a history book, many history books, you know what the number one history book that, uh, you know what the number one history book is in the world? Google. If you go Google it. But, you know, he claims that this is propaganda, even though this man is head to toe propaganda from himself, his wife, his entire family, and he has his entire country fooled. You know, he started this war to save face because they were getting, you know, his own people were getting restless with him. And it's, it's very heartbreaking that it had to come to this because Armenia is stuck. Armenia is stuck with a bunch of scumbags. You have Turkey, Azerbaijan, Iran, and even Russia. Russia is a very interesting place. It's neo-communism that they practice, kind of in a, in a in the vein of the communist Chinese Party, the CCP. But you know they don't come out and say it that way, and um, they want Nikol Pashinyan to resign, and they're protesting. A lo- half of them are with him, half of them are not with him. I think the man did the right thing, even though it's very hurtful. And you know to lose whatever little bit of land you have, that you know, Armenia is one of the oldest countries that still exist. Our lineage goes back over 2,000 years ago. So he's getting, you know, a lot of protesters in Armenia trying to have him resign. And the people who want him to resign are the corrupt, the money-hungry oligarch regime type people who, you know, um, would like it to be like the good old days, but the good old, because of the good old days over, you know, 30 years of corruption and money laundering, stealing and keeping your people low. And you couldn't be able to, you know, build your own military. You can't build your, you know, your new tech. They're using weapons from night in the 1980s. How are you going to defend yourself with weapons from 1980s where Azerbaijan has new technology. They have drones flying in the air. They just spot somebody. They hit a little button. Boom. It's all over for them. So this is a war that we would not we would not have been able to win in any which way. We tried. But, you know, half of the people in Armenia, the men, they they hid. They didn't want to go to war. And the, and the brave men and women who went to war to defend their homeland, you have my utmost respect. And if I ever see you anywhere, I will always give you a hug or I will shake your hand because that's very, very hard to do. And to all the cowards who hid and only came out when they heard Armenia was signing a peace treaty and they're going to give up a few, a few parts of their land and they came out and protested and 
rioted in the streets of Armenia. You should be embarrassed. You should be embarrassed to call yourself Armenian. You should be embarrassed to call yourself a man. And, and don't turn around and tell me, oh, well, you should have went to Armenia and, you know, you should have fought in the war. How am I going to do that, man? How am I, I going to do The few men that went there and tried to help, a lot of the time they were sent, sent away. It's like, we don't need your help. We don't need this. And millions of dollars were was was collected from the Armenians here because Armenian the diaspora is around the world. We every week we were, you know, sending millions and millions of dollars of aid to them for, you know, people for, of, you know, who need clothes, food, taking care, you know, toys, what and whatever whatever they need. Armenia was trying to help. And we're still trying to, you know, the Armenians were trying to help. And it's very, very sad. And um, what, I, what I would like to do is uh, I wanted to thank all of you for listening to the first episode of Lost in Hollywood with me, LaVon Maradian. Stay tuned. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube. Make sure to hit the like and subscribe button on everything and follow us everywhere and on Instagram at Lost in Hollywood. I'm LaVon Maraud and you can find me on Instagram as well. Thank you for listening and thank you for being with me. Right. Listen, buddy, I'm not going to be around when the Armenians take over the world. Who the hell wants you? Who the hell wants you?